When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you want to know how hard it is to have a shutout in college football? Michigan State didn't run a play inside the Ohio State 34-yard line and still didn't get shut out. It's the rapid reaction from Ohio State 38, Michigan State 3, in a game that was nowhere near as close as the 35-point margin. Tim May, the 40-year vet, Andy Backstrom, it's me, Spencer Holbrook. Wow. Um, Michigan State is struggling. I'll say that to start because everything we say needs a qualifier that Michigan State is bad. But, Tim, I think this was the best game the Buckeyes have played all year. It's the best uh, two and a half quarters they played all year, in my opinion, uh, because you didn't have to play the, you know, there was no need to put people in jeopardy in the second half, especially because of the big game that's coming at the end of this month. But uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., you know, remember I was talking on uh, Friday or telling people, hey, you know, you've got like two more shots to see Marvin Harrison Jr. in Ohio Stadium. Down to one. Exactly. But tonight he delivered a school record, you know, getting over a thousand yards, the first wide receiver in Ohio State history to go over a thousand yards. Along the way, that greased the rails for maybe oh, for Ohio the second State's, for the second time. A yes, thousand yards. A thousand yards, yeah, in two seasons uh, for Ohio State as a receiver. But it greased the rails for their best start and win. Yes. For a long time. Uh, Cal McCord was on point. So was Marvin Harrison Jr. who ran for a touchdown, 19 yards, and caught two. One of them was a really big time catch again. Uh, you never know what you're going to see when he get, when he's on the field. But uh, yeah, this was worth the price of admission on a cold November night. Uh, I certainly enjoyed watching it. A couple things. Cade Stover was back after not playing last week at Rutgers, and boy, was his presence felt. Seven targets in the first half, seven receptions tied a season high. And again, that was all in the first half. 79 yards receiving, one touchdown, which was yeah. a great back shoulder grab right there in the end zone there. Great throw by Kyle McCord as well. And just having that safety blanket there that he is for him. This whole season, Kate Stover has been that guy where if it's a third down or a second down or any play, really, Kyle McCord can go to him over the middle of the field. And I think they were missing that against that Rutgers zone, the two high shell we saw last week. So he was back. And then defensively, because I'm sure we won't talk as much about them just because offensively they starred today. But the defense, I thought, did a great job. Again, this, this Michigan State offense is really struggling, as Spencer, as Spencer mentioned. But, like, look, they were replacing three starters on defense today. Tommy Eichenberg didn't play, Lathan Ransom didn't play, and Josh Proctor didn't play. And I felt like everyone that slotted in held their own. Um, Lee Hartford struggled at times, but ultimately did his job. And Sonny Styles, I think, is thriving at that strong safety yes. boundary side position in place of Lathan Ransom. And then I thought that... Cody Simon was great in the middle there. Tommy Eigenberg, you know, when he doesn't play, there's a reason why, but I thought that Cody Simon filled in pretty well. I think Sonny Styles may have to continue to do that because we did get an update from Ryan Day after the game. He said Tommy Eichenberg is not a long-term thing. I can confirm that um, based on some conversations that I had after the game with some people. Uh, Josh Proctor's, we don't expect to be long-term. I think that was entirely precautionary, and Ryan Day kind of echoed that in there. Yeah. He did, though, say he thinks Lathan Ransoms is a little more long-term. We saw Lathan tonight uh, entering the building on a scooter, one leg up on the scooter, and then had uh, the uh, big boot on his leg. Don't know the official update on that. Going to try to get some more information for the Letterman Row uh, subscribers, at least, for LettermanRow.com and the Letterman Lounge. But 
mixed feelings on the on that report because you're going to get Josh Proctor back, you're going to get Tommy Eckenberg back, but it's seeming more pessimistic than ever that Lathan Ransom, you're, you're not really sure right now, Tim. So, yeah, but you can mix Sonny Styles in there with Josh Proctor and still have a pretty good brew going. That's where I was going with and, this. And Malik Hartford, you know, you called it. You called it. I'm keep giving you credit because you were you were talking about Malik Hartford a long time ago. February. Exactly. And now all of a sudden he's had his second start. He looks so much better <laughs> in his second start than he did his first, right? Still a lot of hiccups there, but oh, yeah, he's well, getting better. Yeah, he's, you can see the it. The interference call that was negligible. That was that was interesting. That was right down here, as a matter of fact, uh, where we're standing here, but uh, on the field. Uh, but I'll tell you what stood out to me, and I asked Ryan about it. And I'm gonna write a little story about it. I asked Kyle about it. When you got Cade Stover, Mecca Ibuka, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Julian Fleming, and then Travion Henderson, you got the full complement there. It's like the Cadillac with all the accessories or whatever big time car you want to talk about. Your Mercedes with all the accessories. That's what Kyle drives, right? Uh, and you saw it go tonight, man, from, from the get-go. And we haven't been treated to that full lineup uh, healthy for a long time, you know, this season. And you can see where this can go. But like you said, the caveat is they weren't playing against the best defense. <laughs> no. Even in the Big Ten West, you know, Big Ten East, much less the, the big the, the country. And it showed, but they treated it like that. Agreed? Yeah. They yeah. beat this team the way they were supposed to in the first half. What I will say about this Michigan State defense is Michigan torched it. And Ohio State did too. Yeah. Washington did too. But like other than that, Teams have not been great at moving the ball in this Michigan State defense. They're about middle of the pack in about every category. Yeah. Like 55th to like 75th nationally in a lot of different defensive categories. There's a few where they're kind of bad. But like this isn't – the Michigan State team is probably the best on defense. And Ohio State made that defense look terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they made enough plays to beat Nebraska a week ago. I'm yeah. talking about Michigan State did. So you're, you're right. Uh, so I will give Kyle McCord some credit because I was talking about this with, with Andy and with a couple people in the press box at halftime. Like, it doesn't matter if you're playing against school children. The ball placement for Kyle McCord was the best we've seen all year. And then you take that, and then you do it again next week against Minnesota, and all of a sudden, yeah, you've made some really good throws, but against bad competition, and the ball placement can still be there against the good competition. Correct. And so I think this was a massive, monumental step forward on the Kyle McCord journey, Andy toward getting ready for the Michigan game because we all know that this is just preparation for the Michigan game and I thought Kyle McCord kind of aced the test tonight. Yeah, I mean, he turned the ball over three times against Wisconsin, threw an interception last week against Rutgers, no turnovers tonight, that was the most important thing. No intentional groundings, uh, I don't even know, I don't think he was sacked once, no fumbles, all of those things that have been happening. He got hit really right. hard on, on the play where he got the ball off to Cade Stover yes, yes. and he got up and I'm going, oh man, it didn't look, but he got up and kept playing. And the awareness he had to make that play, I yeah. thought was great yes. because he was, pocket was collapsing, he stepped up a little bit and shuffled past it to yeah. Cade Stover, which was a great catch by him too, being on the same page. Just goes back to those guys having the chemistry that they do. But yeah, I thought Kyle McCord was extremely impressive tonight. I think it gives, gives you a lot of confidence watching this team because he's so important to them, peaking at the right time. That's the words he used, peaking at the right time. And I feel like if you're an Ohio State fan, you have to be excited no matter the opponent, the kind of output they had in the first half. Yeah. I thought Kyle played his best football that the stats bore out. This was a career high for him in yards. Wasn't a career high in touchdowns, although they tried to make it one. They tried to get him that fourth touchdown pass. They tried to get Marvin Harrison Jr. his fourth touchdown. It went off of a helmet. Uh, come on Crazy. now. we we got to get that fourth touchdown from Marvin. Um, it was and, just a split second. And now I'm going to give each of us three a chance to just say something nice about Marvin Harrison Jr. He is... <laughs> 
we can't go through this show without doing this, Tim. He's just, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time, Tim. Yeah. Go ahead. I, mean, he, I don't really know how to describe it anymore. I'll tell you something. The, the thing that stands out about Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. to me is, it's like a, you know, your little, you have to write this in the fourth grade, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's a marvelous young man. I mean, he is really a joy to talk to. And on top of that, he's humble. You know, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not making the, you know, these kind of things up just gushing about him. He's just a cool dude, man. And that, for one of another term, because he could have been, you know, with his background, his dad was a superstar. He could be a superstar's kid, you know? Yeah. He is a superstar's young man, you know, son. But he is just the, the, the greatest guy to deal with. He's always deferring to his teammates and stuff. And like he said tonight, his favorite touchdown was the run, you know, because that was different. That was different for him, and it and it, it it was a great example of what he's all about. Number one, the cunning he shows on his cut up, and then the speed he's got, which sets him apart. I mean, there, are, you know, you start that paragraph and it goes on and on and on about Mar Marvin Harrison Jr. But I keep going back. I think think he's a marvelous human being, and that's you don't always run into that every day in the superstar category, especially at the wide receiver position. Oh yeah, it's like, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it's almost like a run-on sentence more than a paragraph, yeah. right? But there's yeah. just so many things you can can throw in there to compliment him about. I mean, well, yeah. like in uh, you know, like in Get Shorty, we'll just throw some commas in there, you know. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, but I, it's, whether it's his hands or running the football or just whatever he does, he's such an impact player. I mean, not every team has obviously a Marvin Harrison Jr., but not even these college football playoff teams that are candidates to make the Final Four have a Marvin Harrison Jr. And yeah. we saw last year in the National Football step up to the national championship game that semifinal against georgia no big deal right when he was out of that game though it yeah. was completely different that's the impact he has on the football field and as tim was saying off the football field i mean he could not be more gracious to the fans that he engages with to the media members that he speaks with uh, every time you ask a question he's intently listening and i, I think that goes a long way just I like in life it. i like because he wears rose-colored glasses <laughs> yeah I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I'm going to go ahead and use my Marv minute to talk about the the deep ball in the third quarter because he had no reason to make that play. Ohio State's already winning by a lot, um, and they designed the, the play to get him open on a big post route, and all of a sudden he's double teamed, and he doesn't give a damn because he just splits the double team, goes directly between the two guys who are supposed to cover him, uh, catches the ball, makes one of the guys miss, even though he had just caught the ball and had the awareness to make the guy miss, and then almost made the second guy miss, yes. and he could have scored a touchdown. That was his best play of the night. He might just disagree. But the thing that stands out the most to me about Marvin Harrison Jr., he was asked about the Heisman hype. Ohio State has mounted a campaign that I guarantee he wants nothing to do with. He just wants to play football. And yeah. he said, I don't care about the Heisman. I want to beat the team up north and win the Big Ten Championship. Well, buddy, your one game stands between you and the team up north. So I think that that is, he's got his eyes laser locked in on November 25th. Yeah, that's not saying he's looking ahead too much. He's not going to go out and not do anything against Minnesota. He obviously was wasn't looking ahead enough to go out and not play well here because he did. So like, it's it's really cool to see that he's got those those blinders on for November yeah. 25th. And, and, and one other thing you can say about him, uh, uh, Bill Miles, former longtime assistant coach here and assistant athletic director, his, his big point about players like Marvin Harrison Jr. is they are a difference maker. Just like you were talking about against Georgia. I mean, that's somebody Georgia doesn't have. Yeah. You, you're, you know, 
And this guy is a difference maker. Tra Travion Henderson is a difference maker. He ran really hard tonight. Didn't have a lot of holes like he had on occasion last week, but he ran hard, you know. And uh, and then that touchdown run, that was a well-blocked play. And boom, he didn't, you know, he didn't waste it. You know, he got to the end zone and stuff. But the difference makers, man, that's what comes to bear in November and now December and January in college football. I mean, all the college football playoff contenders have a really good quarterback. I would include Kyle McCord in that. I think he's taking a step forward. They all have a pretty good tight end to throw to. They all have uh, – Decent offensive line play, at least. I would say Ohio State's still getting there. None of them. Oh, wow. The lights are off. That's all right. They didn't pay their bill. Camera autofocuses, <laughs> anyway. Uh, none of them, and I mean none of them, have a Marvin Harrison Jr. They right. all have good running backs, too. Right. And so, Tim, I think that's a point well taken. What Ohio State also has is a defense. We can't get out of here without talking about that, but we'll oh, make yeah. it quickly. We'll make it quick. Andy, this uh, Ohio State defense, you, you try to, like, Talk about what they did, but also remember that it was Michigan State, but also try to appreciate what they did. Because, again, Michigan State didn't run a play inside the 35-yard line. So, like, there's something to be said for that for sure. Yeah, I thought the third-down defense continued to be great. Uh, I was expecting that, though, because this Michigan State offense is terrible on third down. But <laughs> Denzel Burke returned. we got to mention that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he had somewhat of a slow start, gave up a 20-yard completion there. But then he bounced back immediately and had a great stop with Jordan Hancock on a third and five to force that first Field goal attempt by Michigan State, which was a miss, 56 yards. So I thought the return of Denzel Burke was noteworthy. I thought that, again, Cody Simon really impressed me at that Mike linebacker spot yes. filling in for Tommy Eichenberg. And then there was a litany of guys that got onto the field in the second half that have really not made an impact so far just because they're, you know, young guys. Mm -hmm. Calvin Simpson Hunt was one that got a shout-out from Ryan Day. He's a true freshman from Waxahachie. And he got Texas. in there because Jermaine Matthews looked right. like he – might have jammed heard, a finger, jammed a finger, or, yeah. or maybe worse. We'll, you know, maybe we'll know uh, on Tuesday, maybe not. But go ahead. Yeah, but I thought Calvin had a great play on, you know, kind of blowing up a screen pass, yeah. and that's the one that, that Ryan Day highlighted. And Sonny Styles again. I'm gonna just say Yo, it wait, again. Did you say where Calvin Simpson Hunt was from? Waxahachie, Texas. Did you say Waxahachie? It yeah. didn't come out. It didn't come. Waxahachie, ladies and gentlemen. Not the way you say it. Tim. <laughs> uh, it Nobody just, it sounds different. The way them, yeah. No, but uh, I thought Sonny Styles has been great at that strong safety spot. I think that, you know, look, hey, Lathan Ransom is so valuable to this defense, and his absence is definitely noteworthy. But if you're going to have a guy slide in, it's Sonny Styles, and I feel like he's really stepped up the last yeah. couple of weeks. You know what's interesting about Sonny Styles, too, is when you watch him on the field playing, I'm, and it, this, this is going to be misconstrued, he doesn't look – like that as big a guy as he is when you're standing there talking to him. I don't know how because he, he looks like he looks like he's in the right spot. If you follow my drift, meaning mm -hmm. he he doesn't look like a giant running around, but he is for yeah. a defensive back. Yeah. I mean, he I'm telling you, man, uh, what's that thing Debo Sweeney said about Clemson last week? You're going to buy Clemson stock, buy it now, man. Yeah. But, but I mean, but Sonny Styles has just got such a ridiculous upside, in my opinion, it's crazy because he 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 plays like a defensive back, even though he's looking like he's going to be eventually a linebacker physically. It's 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 pretty stunning. Yeah, I, I thought the defensive line played pretty well in this game. I was a little critical of the defensive line last week after the Rutgers game. Michigan State tried to run the ball in Ohio State. Had a little bit of success. Yeah, Nate Carter, you knew you were going to get a steady diet of Nate Carter, for yeah, example. Yeah, yeah. And, but, it, you know, he got a few runs, but you're right. I mean, I, it's... I thought the defensive line played well. I thought the linebackers were better at scraping off those defensive linemen and getting there. Michigan State doesn't do a great job of getting to the second level anyway. Um, so that was a help to the linebackers. I think Rutgers does a better job of that just in general football terms. But, yeah, like, agreed. Ohio State 
took what Michigan State gave him or took what Michigan State was trying to do and, and limited that in a big way. And, you know, the only way that Michigan State moved the ball was in, like, chunk plays that, that you know, Ohio State's just not going to give up to, to better teams, to be honest, because I, I think Ohio State will be a little more on it. Like Denzel Burke giving up that slant route. I don't think that's a, a, a play Denzel Burke gives up more often than not. But that happens. But it, it does happen every once in a while. And he so, stayed with the guy and made the yeah, tackle. It's so like, you know, that's the only way Michigan State moved the ball. There was no consistency. Rutgers last week did that, moved the ball with some consistency against Ohio State. Yes. They go back to work, practiced less this week, looked fresher. And so I'll give the credit to the coaching staff. They looked a lot fresher this week and, and played better. So, uh, I would give you guys closing thoughts, but I'm really cold. Lincoln Keenholz. <laughs> Lincoln Keenholz, finally in the game. Yeah, let's, yeah. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Tim, Tim no. May. Well, Ladies and gentlemen, Andy, Andy Baxter and I are going to shut up. <laughs> well, it's not going to take long. But, you know, I've been raving about Jelani Thurman since I first saw him. Like, oh, my God. Just love now, at that, first sight. That looks like that guy could be a superstar eventually. Then he loses his black stripe in the spring. And I'm sitting here going, looking at the tight end group, and I'm going, Man, if he just keeps making that progress, Keenan Bailey keeps bringing him along, he could play in that opener, you know? He could, you know, whatever, and we've been waiting, you know? Then this is interesting because Lincoln Kinos tonight was Ohio State's backup quarterback. Yep. A freshman from Pierre, South Dakota. Pierre. Pierre, what? Pierre. It's Pierre, it's spelled like Pierre. I'm gonna pronounce it Pierre. Uh, <laughs> Pierre, South Dakota. Pierre. And, uh, and I thought he looked pretty I thought he, I thought he looked pretty poised when he was in yeah. there, Lincoln Gill. And his first pass goes to Jelani, Jelani Thurman. Thurman. His second pass went to Jelani Thurman. Jelani Thurman. So there's already, man, you got that little combo going, you know, these uh, two <laughs> freshmen. But anybody can see the upside for Jelani Thurman. Yeah. And if the, if they can work him in again next week in some form or fashion, you know, you might see something from Jelani Thurman uh, both by the end of the year and the postseason. Maybe. Who's to say? Ohio State 38, Michigan State 3. We're going to be back in this very building uh, on Monday. It'll be cold again, but that's okay. We're going to be here. Letterman Row always showing up for the Monday after Ohio State 38, Michigan State 3. For now, it's the Sunday morning after. You need to get nah. those hot benches for those, yeah. those stand-ups. Late ahead. Saturday or night, 11.50 on Saturday night uh, after Ohio State 38, Michigan State 3. Go to LettermanRow.com. Get the full plethora of coverage that we provide at LettermanRow.com. $1 for your first month. That gets you... Almost all the way to National Signing Day, you're going to get the Michigan game. You're going to get the Big Ten Championship game. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You're going to get uh, the college football playoff announcement. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We think that we're going to be covering all of that. The 40-year vet, Tim May, his coverage resides there for $1 for your first month. $1? Andy Backstrom as well. Yes, Tim, that's $1. Than, that's way cheaper than Peacock. Hell yeah, it is. Uh, Matt Parker in the photo well right now, but he covers recruiting year-round for, for yes. uh, LettermanRoad.com, as does Alex Gleitman. We will see you there at LettermanRoad.com where you can get that coverage for $1 for the first month. For now, we're going to go get back inside and warm up, uh, thaw out, and provide the best coverage. Are we going to get a hot toddy? Maybe. Who's okay. to say, Tim? <laughs> we're going to provide the coverage that you've come to know from LettermanRoad.com for the 40-year vet, Tim May, for Andy Backstrom. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the latest rapid reaction after Ohio State 38, Michigan State 3. We'll see you guys back in the horseshoe on Monday.